The Lord is good. He's gracious and kind to us. You know, I was thinking a lot this week about how much we have to prepare for. We're always in a preparation mode. Always got some next event or next chapter. We prepare for high school graduation. We prepare for homecoming. We prepare for entering the military or, or four years or more of college. We prepare for our careers. We prepare to get married. We prepare to have children and to start a family. We prepare to retire and hopeful to enjoy some golden years post-career. We prepare, or we should prepare, for our families to be taken care of should something happen to us. Always, always preparing. Preparing for something, an unfolding chapter, a next event, a new relationship. But this morning I want to ask you, have you been preparing for the rapture? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Are you ready for the rapture? Pray with me, Father. I ask for your anointing right now. Strength to stand. Lord, the ability to communicate. But more than anything else, I've got to have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And Lord, today I pray that every heart would be open and every ear ready to receive the word of the living God. I am reminded that there has not failed one promise that is laid out in your scripture. So Lord, help us today. Guide and direct our time in Jesus' precious name. And the church said, Amen. You know, there's just some subjects that as we get further and further down the course of time in the church that there's just certain subjects that we have a tendency to avoid that are clearly very important, very important part of the Bible and a very important part of our lives. 
seems that because we do not have all the answers to what will happen at the end of time, we avoid crucially important subjects for the world and for the church to hear. I'm thankful I'm part of the church of God. I'm thankful that we have articles of faith that we stand by, that are our platform. The 13th article in our Church of God Declaration of Faith tells us that we believe in the premillennial second coming of Jesus. First, to resurrect the righteous dead and to catch away the living saints to him in the air. We embrace the rapture of the church. Now, to some here today, the word rapture is new. You ask the question, what is rapture? Maybe you've never heard the term at all. Rapture simply means the catching away. It simply means this, that one day the children of God, the redeemed, the saved, the Christian, whether living or dead, will be called away into the clouds to meet the Lord Jesus and be with him forever and forever. In Acts chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, Jesus had just ascended to heaven. And in verse 9, the scripture says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. The very next verse, in verse 10, While the disciples steadfastly looked toward heaven, as he went up, two men stood by them in white apparel. And this is what they said. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven this day. It is a promise. It is a promise, and not one promise of God has ever, ever failed. Jesus will come back. He will come back literally. He will come back physically. He will come back bodily. He will not be a vision, a dream, an apparition, but a literal bodily Savior appearing in the clouds. You ask the question, well, what is the need for this rapture you speak of? Well, friend, God's justice has to be satisfied. God's wrath, because he is a perfect holy God, he has to respond to sin and wrath will be poured out upon this world. But I've come to preach to you that God's righteous children have been delivered just before God's wrath is poured out. If you look in Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1, God said the wickedness of man has ascended up into heaven. And Noah, I'm going to destroy the whole earth with a flood. But I want you to come into the ark. And so with his wife, Noah's wife, and, and his three sons and their three wives and seven of every clean species of animals and two of every 
unclean species of animals, they entered the ark. And then sure enough, as God promised, the ark, the flood came destroying all of mankind that was not inside of the ark. But I want you to hear this again. The Lord said, come into the ark. He beckoned them, come into the ark. If you flip over to Genesis chapter 19 and verse 29, God said to Lot, I'm about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the, uh, the uh, sin, the depravity of the people of those cities is terrible. I'm going to rain down, not a flood, but fire and brimstone, and I'm going to burn up every piece of property, every living creature, young, old, and everyone in between. But I want you to hear what the Lord said through the angels to Lot. He said, come out of Sodom. He told Noah, come in to the ark. He told Lot, come out of Sodom. And he sent the angels of heaven on behalf of Abraham's intercessions, pleading with Lot and his family to leave that wicked city. And the reason for that is because God is not going to pour wrath out upon his righteous people. And he makes a way of escape to deliver them from the wrath that is about to happen. In fact, a few verses over from what I read to you this morning. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9, it says, for God has not appointed us to the wrath that is to come. There is terror that is coming to this earth, and it's not because of politicians, and it's not due to climate change. It's because God has a timetable and a place on his divine calendar where he's going to pour wrath upon this this earth like has this earth has never known before. But I'm here to tell you there's good news for the child of God. There's good news for the bride of Christ. For God has not appointed us unto the wrath that is to come. And one day Jesus is going to tell his bride come up here before terror begins to reign upon the earth. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. It's people get all anxious and upset about who's going to be in the White House next November and how bad things are and what news to believe and what not to believe. I'm telling you right now, I've got a hope inside of me that one of these days Jesus is going to split the eastern sky and come hell or high water no matter who's in the White House, no matter who's reigning in the United Kingdom or Russia or China. The bride of Christ Christ is going to be called out because the Lord is going to say, come up here. Oh, praise the Lord. If you've got that blessed hope, can you just give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? You see, I want you to know something today. That if you're redeemed today, if you're a child of God, you've already been delivered from sin this morning. Your soul has already been claimed by the Lord Jesus Christ. I am his and he is mine. He has laid claim. I belong to the Lord. But I'm telling you, it doesn't stop there. Our redemption is not complete. I'm about to be redeemed from this world. 
I've been redeemed spiritually. I'm about to be redeemed physically. I've been purchased off of the auction block of sin spiritually when I confessed that I was a sinner and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. He laid claim to my soul. Hallelujah. He is shortly going to lay claim to my body. And I'm telling you right now, he's not sending a chariot of fire like he did for Elijah. He's not sending 12 legions of angels. All the hosts of heaven may cheer and many of the millions of them may accompany him, but he is coming after us for himself. Paul said the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. John 14, 1 through 3. Jesus looked at his disciples and he said these words, I'm going to prepare a place for you and if I go, I will come again. Well, praise the Lord. If I go, I will come again and I will receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. There's not going to be any embassy representatives. There's not going to be any ambassadors. Jesus Christ is coming after us for himself. Well, praise the Lord. So I'm telling you, rapture is all about waiting to hear the words come up here. Let me tell you something else about rapture. Rapture also brings about significant change. It doesn't just stop with being caught away. You and I will be changed. You see, when you became a Christian, you changed. You became a new creature. You had a clean heart. You had a right spirit. You were regenerated with a new power. But the story doesn't end there. One day, this old body is going to be changed at the rapture. As I rise to meet him in the clouds, this vessel's going to be transformed. Paul wrote it like this in 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Philippians, he wrote it like this. He shall change this vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. I began to think this week about my history in this physical body. I've broken my ankle twice. I've had foot problems. I wear driving glasses. Now I'm wearing readers. My skin is far from perfect. I've known what it's like to have blood pressure issues and, and back aches and stomach disorders. I'm telling you, Sandra, you cannot die before me. I'm not certain anyone else would have me. I'm telling you, I've got my aches and pains. But I'm telling you, preacher, it sounds like you're broke down and, and busted up. I'm telling you, if you look around the room, I'm not the only one in the house that's got some issues in the physical body. Some of you have aches and pains. I could only imagine, but I'm telling you, there's coming a day we're going to have a new body. One day this corruptible body is going to lay down and incorruptible body is going to rise up. One day this mortal body is going to step aside and this immortal body is going to rise up. We shall be changed at the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. I wish somebody would give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. And it's not going to be like some caterpillar that has to go into a cocoon and go through a metamorphosis. It's going to be in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. 
Hallelujah. You say, well, what will our new body look like? I like the way John writes it. Because he didn't really have the answer. But under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote, We know that when Jesus shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Hallelujah. The living in Christ will be raptured. The dead in Christ will be raptured. I don't know why the dead get to go a split second quicker than the living. I don't know who gave them the corner on the market. One writer said lightly the dead are going to rise first because they have six feet further to travel. <laughs> but even the buried at sea that have thousands of feet to travel will be raptured first. Revelation 20 and 13 says the sea gave up the dead which were in it. I'm telling you, rapture's going to happen. Rapture's going to happen. And we will be changed. We will be caught away. We will be changed. But something else you need to know is the time of the rapture is unknown. We don't know when it's going to happen. He comes to catch away. He comes as a thief. Revelation 16, 15, he said, Behold, I come as a thief. No one dreams of a thief coming to your home. We do the exact opposite. We lock the doors, lock the windows, make sure a thief can't enter. We prepare. He says, I'm coming just like a thief that comes as a surprise. A thief comes when... No one imagines that it would happen. Listen. He said in Revelation, I come as a thief. He said in the Gospels, be ready for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man is coming. Second Peter said the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The Bible teaches no one knows the day, the hour, the angels don't know. All the high-ranking officials in heaven, the 24 elders, the four beasts that fly around the throne of God, they don't know. Jesus himself does not know when he's coming back to get his bride. Only the Father. It's set. It is set as if it was written by the finger of God in granite of rock. It is set, and it will not be altered. If you think for one moment that the date is going to change based upon his mood or the events of this world, you are mistaken. He set the time from the foundation of the world when his son would give his life on Calvary as a ransom for every one of us. And just as sure as he set the time that he would be born 
just as sure as he set the time that he would be crucified, just as sure that he set the time that he would be raised again, he has set a time, and I believe Jesus is on the edge of his throne, and he's just waiting for the word from the Father. And the Father's going to look to him one day and say, now is the time. My son, you are the groom, and it's time to go get your bride. He's not going to have to tell him twice. They're not going to have to debate to see if the climate is lining up or if all the politicians are getting along. I'm telling you right now, God has got it on his divine timetable, and it could happen any moment in the twinkling of an eye. There's not a promise left to be fulfilled. And I say like John, even so, come quickly. I'm ready to go home to be with the Lord. Therefore, we are to watch. We are to watch for the rapture. We're going to watch for the rapture. We watch the stock market. We watch current events. We watch the political scene. We watch unrest in the Middle East. We watch the social lives of stars and athletes, heroes and music entertainers. Newsflash, we are not to watch for the next American Idol over the rapture of the church. Lift up your head, for your redemption is drawing nigh. Our conversation, Paul says, is in heaven from where we look for the Savior. Titus says we're looking for that blessed hope. Mark, Jesus said in Mark 13, watch and pray for you know not what the time is. He said, what do you mean by that, that whole watching thing? Are we, are we supposed to walk around with our heads stuck in the clouds because we're watching? Oh, no, 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 no. Did Noah spend every moment looking for a rain cloud? Oh, no. No. What does the Lord mean? Someone who's watching for the rapture means they're living life as if he could come any moment. Come on now. That's the word. Let me validate it here. It's called our hope. And 1 John 3, 3 says, Every man that has this hope purifies himself even as he also is pure. Let me tell you what watching is. It's your it's your stimulus to right conduct. It's your incentive. Jesus is coming at any moment and come preacher or parishioner, I don't want to be left behind. There are people sitting under the sound of my voice that live, if, live, as, live as if Christ wouldn't come for another hundred years. Wake up, friend. Or you will miss the rapture of the church. You cannot sleep around and expect to go in the rapture. You cannot drink and smoke and chew and drug and porn and lie and cheat and steal and slander and expect to be ready for the rapture. Come on, church. If you don't have any other motivation for living a life that's pleasing to God, live your life so you don't get left behind when Jesus comes back after his church. Mm. The rapture mindset should affect our language. 
our habits, our recreation, our attitude, our lifestyle. Not one moment of sinful pleasure is worth missing the rapture. It is a fool statement to say, well, if I miss the rapture, I'll just survive the tribulation and go to heaven then. You are speaking as a fool. You have no idea what this world is in for during that time. But it's very much true today. Peter wrote about it. He talked like these times would come. And they would appear even in the body of Christ. He talked like in the body of Christ when he wrote the second epistle of Peter. He was writing to believers. And listen to what he was saying. There are some of you that keep asking the question, where is the promise of his second coming? If you go and you read that in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, and then you skip down to verse 10 and 11, listen to what it says. Number one, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But he's long-suffering, willing that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The second thing he said is that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. You think he's putting it off? You think he's delaying it? Oh, no, it's set. It's not going to be altered. It's not going to be changed. It's just a matter of when it's going to manifest in our time and when we can see it. So he's not slack concerning his promise. The day's going to come as a thief of the night. And then, and, then, and then get this. This is very important. Then he said, what manner of person should you be in holy conversation and godliness? That's, that's how you watch. That's how you watch. You live right. You live right. Not because it's trending in popular, popular Christian culture to just live any old way that you want and claim Christianity. You can claim it all day long. don't mean you got it. There's going to be many that's going to come to him and say, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not perform miracles in your name? Did we not do this great deed in your name? He's not even going to explain to him. He's just going to say, depart from me. You worker of iniquity, I never knew you. You can't just, you can't just lay claim to it and not have something functioning on the inside that manifests itself on the outside. Man, I'm preaching good today. So I ask you today, unbeliever, will you be left behind? We must have a made-up mind to live holy because the rapture is at hand. It's at hand. It's closer than we can imagine or dream. Winston Churchill the great statesman of England, he arranged his own funeral prior to passing. When his funeral came, there were stately hymns played and a message was shared. But at the end of the service, Churchill had, had an unusual event planned. They weren't quite ready for it. For up high in the chapel at St. Paul's, there was a, a bugler sitting there 
when the time came, the bugler at the end of the service he played taps, the universal signal that the day is over. We've heard it, especially if you've been to a home going of, of the military. Every time I hear it, every single time, it stirs something inside of me. a brief pause at Winston Church Hill's funeral and then from the other end of the chapel you heard this that is that's what that's what's called reveille that's the wake-up call for the military at boot camp or in training they don't need no alarm clock they don't need a buddy to wake them up because at that same time every morning there's a blast of a trumpet that says it's time to wake up and so shall it be for those who die in the Lord. That melancholy hymn or song or taps may be played, but I'm telling you that is not our final song. For one day the trump of God is going to blast a divine reveille, and there is going to be the cry for the dead in Christ. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. You've labored. You've been faithful. It's time to wake up. And at the trump of God, and at the shout from heaven, we're going to leave this earth. Gravitation's going to lose its force. And we're going home to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You know what we need? Hold that for me. I don't know what the tune's going to be, but I know there's going to be a trumpet. 
don't know what the shout's going to be. There's one universal word that is throughout all Christianity and in every dialect and language, and it's the word hallelujah. It's the word hallelujah. But I do remember this when I was growing up in youth camp and in Sunday school and in youth group. We used to have what we called rapture practice. Anybody else remember that? Rapture practice. We'd all sit down and somebody yell, rapture practice, and we'd jump up like, now I know some of y'all can't jump. And maybe you can only do it one time. Maybe, maybe if the Lord hits us, we might do it ten times. And y'all can call it your cardio for the day. But I think we ought to practice a little rapture practice. How about it? Crank up that reveille. How about you crank up a hallelujah shout and we do a little rapture practice. Are you ready? I'm giving you advance notice here. The Lord's not going to. Are you ready? Crank it up. Ready? Come on. Turn it up louder. That's what it's going to sound. My Lord, are you ready? Rapture practice. My body feels like it does today. Have a seat. How's this gonna happen? I tell you exactly what's gonna happen. You may have arthritis, you may have cancer, you may be battling heart disease, but this is what's gonna happen. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is going to quicken your mortal body. And he's going to, my God, he's going to raise you up. That's how it's going to happen. Advance notice. Can't do a second round. No worries. You jump with us in spirit. Are you ready? Take that reveille up a little bit more. Take it up a little bit more. attached to your wife, your mother, or your father. 
if your heart ain't right, you ain't going. You will be left behind to face a future that is the worst thing this world has ever known. Close your eyes. Not everybody in this room is ready for the rapture. But you can be. You can be. Say, I don't know. How can I be ready for the rapture? By letting Jesus come in. Letting him wash you and make you whole. Saints of God begin to pray right now. There's people in this room. Joel said there are multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is at hand. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is in this room. Saints pray. It may be the person next to you, behind you. maybe on the other side of the church. But not everybody in this room is ready for the rapture. In fact, it's sobering to me when Jesus talks about two being in the field and one being taken, the other one being left. It's sobering to me when he talks about two being in the bed, one taken and the other left. Are you ready for the rapture? Are you ready for the rapture? Will you meet me in the rapture? Will you meet me there? Pastor, I need prayer. Not everything's good between me and Jesus. And I need prayer. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to step out and come and let me pray with you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Where are you at? Are you ready? Are you ready for the rapture? Just as the Lord told Noah, come into the ark. Just as he told Lot, come out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Revelation chapter 4, he's going to tell us, come up here. Come up here. But only for the one that professes to know Christ and lives godly in Christ Jesus. Spirit of God is moving in this place. This may be that last plea of mercy that comes through a, comes through a preacher, but it comes from the heart of God. This may be it. Cliff West, a friend of mine and a great evangelist, was riding towards Charlottesville this morning, and the rain was pouring, and the car passed him. And within just a few minutes, that car was upside down right in the middle of the interstate. Just that quick. Just that fast. Are you ready for the rapture?
say, well, I don't know if I believe all that stuff. Well, I believe there's things God can do, but I don't know if I believe that rapture stuff. Well, if you don't believe in the rapture of the church, then you don't believe any of the Word of God. Then you've just invalidated the whole Word. Because the rapture is just as biblical as healing. The rapture is just as biblical as the cross that Jesus hung on. The rapture is just as biblical as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Every child of God that names Christ and lives godly for the Lord. Those hands that you raise to, to praise the Lord, would you just kind of raise them right now and just ask the Lord to search your heart right where you are. God, if there's any hidden sin in my life, I want you to manifest it and I want you to cleanse it with your blood there's anything at all if there's an attitude if there's an unforgiveness if I have prejudice or bigotry in my heart Lord I ask you to search my heart right now I ask you to bring it to the surface revelation is important sometimes I say things I don't even realize I said sometimes thoughts come through and I say where in the world did that come from and it was not pleasing to you God I, I just I just I just want you to search my heart right now for those of you comfortable begin to speak it out right now search me oh God Create in me a clean heart. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. Know my thoughts. Come on, all over this room. Pray it. Pray it. Pray it. Pray it. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my heart. You're welcome to search me. You're welcome to examine me. Lord, I need you to examine my heart. Turn the spotlight of heaven on me so that I might be pleasing to the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I don't want to miss the rapture. You'll be surprised at how many preachers will miss the rapture. I'll stand week after week and declare the Word of God, but we'll be living lives of duplicity. They will not be taken in the rapture of the church. I'm not, I'm not exempt from seeking God. Just like you, I have to say, Lord, search my heart. Search my soul. Search my mind. Make me. Make me what you want me to be.